Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Glasses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom. And on this podcast, I interview amazing, badass women, real estate investors. And today I am so, so, so excited to be interviewing someone who I consider a dear friend, a beloved mentor, and somebody who has shaped so much my relationship with money and wealth. Ms. Barbara Hewson, who is the author of many books. She's a, she's a woman and wealth expert. She is a financial coach. She's, she has a, a genius way of helping women around money. She's authored seven books, and the latest of which is this amazing book, Rewire for Wealth, Three Steps Any Woman Can Take to Program Her Brain for Financial Success. I'm super excited to have her with us to talk about real estate, wealth, and the brain. Welcome. Thank you. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. I want to start, this is a podcast where we share stories, right? stories about investing. And I love your story, this is your story of money and how you came to be a wealth and woman expert. And then also like how, what role real estate played for you. So go ahead and share your story because that's not where you started. Right? No, 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 no. I grew up wealthy. My father was the R of H&R Block. And the only advice he ever gave me about money was don't worry. And under that was there'll always be a man to take care of you. So I thought that was great advice. I didn't understand money. I just wanted to spend it. And there was always a man. And I married, my husband was a stockbroker, so he was perfect, right? But what I found out very early in our marriage is he was a compulsive gambler. And over the course of our 15 years of marriage, I find out every year, many times a year, he was gambling my money, my inheritance away. And the insane part is I continue to let him manage it because that's how terrified I was and intimidated by anything financial. And finally, after 15 years, I decided... Money is not my thing. I do not want to deal with money. Well, it's funny. If you don't deal with your money, your money will deal with you. And I got tax bills for way over a million dollars for back taxes my ex didn't pay for illegal deals he got us in. And my signature was on everything because signed whatever he told me to sign. My ex had left the country. I didn't have anywhere close to a million dollars. And my father would lend me the money. And that's when I knew I had to get smart. And I started reading and I started going to classes and my eyes would glaze over, my brain would fog up and I couldn't understand the thing. But I had three daughters, young daughters. One was just a baby. I was not going to raise those girls on the street. I was committed. I was going to get smart. I didn't know how. But I believe when you make a commitment, no backdoor, no holds bar commitment, the universe revolves to help you reach your goal. And I was a journalist writing for the San Francisco Business Times. And I got hired for a freelance project to interview women who were smart with money. 
And those interviews changed my life. I not only got smart about money, but I wrote my first book, Prince Charming Isn't Coming, How Women Get Smart About Money. Suddenly I had this whole new career. And here I am, seven books later, talking to you about money. Who'd have thought, you know, who'd have thought? So tell us about real estate and how, because real estate played a, a big part in that story. Real estate saved me. It saved me. So all the money I had, all the investments, my father in the trust, and my father loved real estate, loved real estate. And that's the only thing my husband couldn't get to. I think I had three or four properties, he couldn't get to them. So while I had no money, I had those properties that threw off an income. And then if I lived really frugally, and if I saved really carefully, I knew me and my daughters would be okay. And here I am. That's the beautiful thing, right? About real estate and how it can like leave a legacy for people. So your dad created this legacy that I think to this day continues to spin off money for you and, you know, and help save you. And just like, it's a wonderful way to have money when throughout your lifetime, but it's also, I think, a wonderful legacy one can leave for others. So now I want to talk more about this, like, rewire for wealth, because in this book, you start, you know, sharing that story. It's like you knew that your husband was gambling your money, yet you, you stayed in this relationship for many years. Despite that, tell us a little bit more about how our brains, how we get wired to, to not be smart about money, to not make decisions, and how do you rewire? So I was very clearly told, not just by their actions, but by their words, that making and managing money is a man's job. So I was programmed to believe that I was incapable of managing money. And that's what I acted on. And it wasn't until about six years ago, when I discovered neuroscience, I was just looking at my email, and there's an article about neuroscience was there and I knew nothing about it and I read it and I swear it was like part of my brain was lit up like a Christmas tree and I said this is it this is the missing piece this is what I need to add to my body of work to expedite the learning curve and help women get past their resistance because our behavior the choices we make the things that we do is controlled by our brain which is a this is meant to be the brain I'm holding my 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 fist. <laughs> this is meant to be the brain is programmed, is controlled by our brain, which is a physical organ in our body. But we don't understand what I didn't understand is how the mind and the brain work together. That the mind is a non-physical entity, the source of thoughts and feelings. And what flows through our mind, our thoughts and our feelings, is what programs our brain. So if you want to change your behavior, powering through and Working hard and trying to go against a hardwired neural pathway is like going against gravity. It's really hard. What makes it much easier, if you can train your mind to start thinking differently, feeling differently, then you can reprogram your brain and start building new neural pathways. And shifting your behavior is just so much easier. So give an example of like how how a thought might get in our way and then what can happen if it's rewired? 
So let me, I'll give you the three steps to rewire. So when you notice you have a negative thought, an unhealthy thought, an unwanted thought, well, it is determining your behavior, especially if you think it often enough. For example, I'm not enough, or there's never enough, or mine, the one that I have a lot is I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. And I know where that came from. My family of origin, I'm a girl. I don't have what it takes to make and manage money. And so what you do is the first, the three steps, I'll tell them to you, and then I'll explain how to do it. Steps are recognize, reframe, and respond differently. Recognize means you observe. You recognize the negative thought, but you recognize it with curiosity and not criticism for judgment. For example, oh, I am having a thought about not being enough. I'm having a thought about there's never enough. I'm having a thought that I don't have what it takes. Isn't that interesting? So what you're doing is you are taking that thought and you are separating from it. Not, I don't have what it takes, but I am having a thought about I don't have what it takes. Because it's not the truth. It's just a thought. So you recognize it with curiosity. And then you reframe it. How can you say this differently? There must be another way to look at this. So instead of, I'm not enough, it could be, I'm enough. Or I can handle this. No problem. You don't have to believe it. You do not have to believe it. Because if it's repeated often enough, it will start becoming a new neural pathway and start deadening the old one that says, I'm not enough. So you recognize with curiosity, you reframe, seeing, finding a different way to interpret it. And then you respond differently. You do what doesn't feel normal, doesn't feel right, is scary, is everything in your brain is saying, don't do this. That's the old neural pathway saying, don't, 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 don't do this. You respond differently. And you do this over and over again. And what was very difficult in the beginning will become easier and easier and easier. Yeah, I love that. I use this process and I had the belief that I had this belief that I can't save money. I can't save money. Like I just, I like to spend it all. And so just being part of your program and doing that and it's like recognizing it and then going, actually, I'm a great money manager. Right, that became my new path. That my new, And then I money came in, I set aside a percentage, boom, 25% went there, 10% went here. And then I was like saving money. It's like, what? Oh, I can't save. I'm a great money manager. And then I just, as I, was, as I was putting this money aside into different accounts and different buckets, and then it just, it that's, shifted. That's beautiful. Monique, that's exactly how it works. You have to keep reminding yourself, keep reframing, keep telling a different story over and over again. And your brain will want to go back, will only take the path of least resistance, which is the strongest neural pathway that says, I can't say it. And you just refute it every time. I'm a great money manager. And you do that. And it's miraculous what will happen. It's miraculous. Not only that, but what I didn't expect when I started with this is you start seeing other things differently. You start seeing ways that you can save money that you hadn't noticed before. Because your brain will only do what confirms his belief. You start shifting that belief in another path. All of a sudden, the blinders are taken off your brain and you start seeing things that it didn't see before. Yeah, I love it. So, and I also, I love this brain, the brain stuff too. This, the neurobiology. It is, it's so fascinating. And 
and I'm also a, a student of wealth building, right? And so let me ask you a question and I want to back up a little bit. And I, I love asking about just mistakes that we made and like what we learned from that. So what was your biggest mistake around money or investing and what did you learn from it? Well, of course, my biggest mistake, my biggest mistake was turning a blind eye to it, was avoiding it. And many, many women's coping skill with money is avoidance because it can feel overwhelming in the beginning. It absolutely can. But anything's overwhelming if you don't know what it is. <laughs> when I gave birth to my first baby, it was overwhelming, you know? <laughs> we learned. So my biggest mistake was turning a blind eye to my money, even as I saw it being frittered away. But as I wrote in one of my books, in our deepest pain lies our highest purpose. And that the pain of avoiding my money became my life's purpose to help other women avoid that trap. Hey, goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. What advice for women, the advice I would give is get this book, Rewire Her World, because <laughs> there are exercises in it and you're actually like, you know, working it and you're putting this into practice. It's very, it's very powerful. So what advice would you give to a woman who's starting out, wanting to invest, wanting to get better with her money? What, would you, what advice would you tell her? First of all, take it slow. Take it slow. Don't do anything for three to six months to a year. What happened when I started saying, okay, I'm handling this, I'm doing, and I started kind of understanding it, I jumped right in, made an investment, lost a ton of money, jumped right in again, made an investment, lost a ton of money, and I decided, oh, okay, wait, stop, and I gave myself a year. You don't have to give yourself a year, but I, with absolutely no confidence and no self-esteem, gave myself a year, and it was really smart, and I learned that you don't invest in anything you don't understand, whether it's a stock or a bond or a piece of real estate, because not only do you not know what you're buying, but you don't understand or know how to evaluate the information to know when it's time to sell. So what I did is I did three things. I took three steps. And what I absolutely believe, give yourself time, do these three steps, because it's small steps consistently taken that create really remarkable results. So here are the three steps. Every day, read something about money, even if it's just for a minute or two, even if you're just opening the business section of the newspaper and perusing the headlines, even if you're standing in the grocery store in line and, and you're, you pull out money magazine instead of people and leaf through it, even if before you go to bed, you get a finance book or a finance magazine and you read one paragraph for a minute or two, because so much, I call it the osmosis school of learning. Because so much of getting smart or smarter is familiarizing yourself with the jargon in the current trends. So every day, read something about money, even if it's just for a minute or two. Second, every week, have a conversation about money, preferably with people that know more than you. Because it's our secrecy and silence that keeps us stuck, especially women. Which is why what you're doing with your real estate investor goddesses is so important. 
because you're getting women together to talk about money. I mean, for most of us, when's the last time you went out with a girlfriend or a family member or a colleague and said to them, how did you get smart about money? What did you do? What were your biggest mistakes? What did you learn? What would you advise me? So every week talk and every month save, just what you were saying, every month save automatically. Best to do it automatically, have just small amounts, have $10, $20 transfer from your checking account or your payroll check to a savings account. And with compounding, it will add up and you can do the same thing with investing. So every day read, every week talk, and every month save. I love that. That's really great. Can I ask you more about this deal that went badly? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love to get, like, what specifically did was that mistake? Like, What did you learn from those in particular? Okay. First mistake I made was I invested some money in the market, just willy-nilly. I just put money in stocks. I don't remember what I bought, but I put money in stocks. I didn't understand what I was buying. Maybe they were good stocks. Maybe they weren't. I hired a financial advisor. His name was Bill. I hired a financial. He told me to put money in stocks and I did. And he'd send me all these statements and, you know, all those things they they send you. And I didn't read them because I didn't understand them. And this was in 1986. We're doing great, I guess. I talked to him every couple of months. I'd say how we're doing. He'd say great. I'd say fine. And then it was 1987, October 19, mm. 1987. We had the worst crash we've had since the depression. And I immediately called him and I said, Bill, get me out of the market and get me out now. He said, Barbara, please don't. The stock market will always go back up and you're going to have capital gains tax to pay. Well, I didn't know the markets were going to go back up. I didn't know what capital gains tax were. I wanted my money where it was in the bank. Well, I sold, lost a lot of money. I'd be so much richer today. And the market went up right away. So what I learned is you don't make a decision based on emotion, that you need to understand what you're investing in, and you need to understand that there will be losses on the way to gains overall. The second mistake is a friend of, then I had was out of the market and a friend of my father's called me. And he said, I've got this great thing. And then this, this guy was rich. He was smart. My father had the utmost respect to it with, for him. And he said it was a limited partnership. I didn't know what a limited partnership was, but it was in cinnamon buns. It was a company that made cinnamon buns. I knew what cinnamon buns were. I didn't know what a limited partnership. So I bought into it. I didn't know that a limited partnership, you couldn't sell. There was no market to sell. It went Mm. belly up and I lost it all. And that's when I realized you never put money in anything you don't understand. And just because someone who is really smart tells you something is good, you do not buy into it. You understand it and you do your due diligence. And then I took that year and I really studied. That's great advice. It's great learning. So thank you for sharing that. And that's, it's true. I always tell people never invest in, you don't understand, you don't feel comfortable, you don't understand it. And the other thing, the other thing is you don't put an amount of money in any one investment that you can't afford to lose. Yeah. Because at least in these investments that I spoke about, it didn't take food off the table. <laughs> it didn't leave me penniless. So yeah. that was another lesson I learned. To what do you attribute your success? Passion, passion. It's like God gave me these parents. God gave me that gambling husband because this is what I'm put on earth to do, to help empower women financially. And no matter how hard things get, no matter how scared I get, and I get scared a lot, I have a higher purpose. Yeah, beautiful. 
I love that. For sure. I know you were definitely put here on, for a purpose. I was, you were talking about being a money avoider. I was definitely a money avoider for much of my life. I, I always had a good income, but money was a very stressful thing in my house. It came time to pay bills. There was fighting. There was yelling. It was like almost things being thrown. Like there was some anger around bill paying time. I did not come from a wealthy family. And so I just had this association with money that it was very stressful. And we don't, you know, it's like, it's not a fun thing to deal with. It makes people angry. I don't like people to be angry. Let's not deal with that. So I just, I dealt with things when it had to, had to. Normally when the second envelope came like over to or like penalty, whatever, it's like paying late fees. It's just like, I was not dealing with it. And then when I was going to get married, I got engaged. I thought I can't bring this financial chaos into into a marriage. I think money issues can be a big stressor on marriages. And I thought, okay, I need to get smart about money. And that's when I started reading your books. And I got Prince Charming isn't coming and overcoming on earning. I think Secrets of Six Figure Women. So I, I started mm-hmm. to read, read your books and, and do this work and learn more about money and do these processes. So I'm very appreciative for you. And here, thank you. And here you are paying it forward, helping other women. We focus here on, on the show, real estate investing, but ultimately it's a money game. I'm going to tell you something else. I don't think it's about money. I really believe, I am convinced after 25 years in this business of really working with women, women's difficulties with money has very little to do with money. Very little, if anything, to do with money. It has to do with their fear of or ambivalence about power because it's who they have to become. To be a container that can attract, can sustain, and can grow their wealth. They have to step into their power. My definition of a powerful woman is someone who knows who she is, who knows what she wants, and expresses that in the world unapologetically. So essentially, our fear of power is our fear of becoming all of who we're meant to be, of becoming a self-sufficient, independent adult instead of watering ourselves down so we don't make waves. Yeah. I don't remember where I heard this. It's like, but for so many women, and this is almost like in our fiber, right? Showing up fully, powerfully, got you burned at the stake, all right? Yeah. And so there's a lot of fear. I remember I had to do some of this like past life work because I had, I had almost been burned at the stake as a, you know, in a past life. And I just, I was like, I hid that. I had to hide all my gifts. We have suffered, women over the centuries have suffered debilitating consequences and punishment for expressing who we are, for being powerful in the world. And that is part of our collective unconsciousness. And that is a lot of what we need to overcome. I was just, I just bought a new car the other day and the, the guy asked what I did. And I said, I, I work with, and I write books about women and money. And he goes, women and money. Why do women need books about money? Like we all do. And of course they don't understand, but yeah, we have our own set of issues that are real, that are very real. Yeah. But the world needs empowered women more than ever. Yeah. That's who, as according to Dalai Lama, that's who's going to save the world. Yeah. Our Western women, we must be empowered. And as Mother Teresa said, it takes a checkbook to change the world. It does. 
you can't be poor enough to help other people out of poverty or it's only through your abundance. There's a quote that was, there was attributed to Abe Lincoln. He said, if you want to help a poor person, don't be one. (laughs) (laughs) Too true. Yeah. I know you've shared about this before, but what are some of the differences between men and women when it comes to money? I think the thing that really convinced me to delve into neuroscience deeper was when I read that men and women's brain process financial information differently. Men are much more transaction-oriented. Women are much more other-oriented. It's like what the money can do to help others. And I think the thing that really opened my eyes when it came to investing, that men investing as a challenge, and it's exciting for them. Women see investing as a threat, and they Mm -hmm. get scared. And because our brains from the beginning of time, billions of years ago, our brains have developed for one reason, for one purpose only, and that is our survival to keep us safe. So anytime we feel threatened, our irrational brain shuts down and our fear center is activated and we go into fight, flight, and freeze. And that's how many women act to investing. And so the, I, that's what got me. So it's not just a matter of learning the facts. It's a matter of building new neural pathways to let us know it is safe. It is safe. It is the way we protect our future and protect our families by investing. Yeah, that's so good. So good to know. And that's why it's so important to rewire that. And it's very challenging to rewire. Even I, even I who wrote the goddamn book, excuse my language, I wrote the book (laughs) (laughs) and I still find myself being challenged by rewiring. But I always teach what I need to learn, always. Oh my gosh, this has been such a great conversation. We're going to end with our famed end of show trinity, which is our brag, a gratitude and a desire. Before we do that, how can people find out and connect with you if I am more about what you do? So you can connect to the best way to connect with me is my website, barbara-husson, barbara-husson.com. Yeah, that's the best way to connect. Okay. And definitely check out her program. So I've been part of Barbara's Wealth Connection program over a year now, maybe almost a year and a half. And it is phenomenal and life-changing. And you have a rewire program, which is great. Definitely go to the website, barbara-husson.com. Find out more. Okay, time for our Trinity. What is one thing you're celebrating? What's your brag? I pray that I wrote a book. I mean, it is so hard to write a book for me. It does not come easy. It's like, my brain is saying to me, you write like crap. No one's going to read this. And I did it. So I finished my seventh book. So I brag that I did it and I was scared and I still did it. So well bragged. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. And what's one thing you're grateful for? I am grateful for my passion. I am grateful that I have a purpose and I'm grateful that I know what my purpose is. Actually, you know what I'm grateful for? That sounded good. But what I'm really grateful for is my three daughters. I have the best daughters. I wasn't always the best mother, but we are so close now. That's really what I'm grateful for. Beautiful. Thank you. And last but not least, what's one desire? You know what one desire is? I have been on many bestseller lists, but I have never been on the New York Times bestseller list. It would just be so cool. So cool to be even a mentioned in the New York Times. (laughs) 
I've had that desire with every book. This actually is my eighth book. My first one was in the 80s and it's, it's no longer in print, but that was always my desire. So this, right. I'm sure, is my last book. So this is my time. <laughs> so shall your desire be or so much better than you could imagine under grace and in perfect ways. Okay, guys. So you heard it. Buy Rewire for a well. while. <laughs> let's, let's get her on the New York Times bestseller list. I bought my copy. So do you have to buy, you can buy, it It works if you go to Amazon or anywhere, right? It's also in bookstores. So fingers crossed. I can I see it happening. (laughs) It's an amazing book. It should be on the New York Times bestseller list. Thank you so much for coming. Y'all, you can connect with Barbara at at her website, barbara-husen.com and connect with me at reigoddesses.com. There you can find out about our trainings and our events and our investor club and get our free guide at investing in real estate from $1 to $1 million investing strategies for every budget and every goddess. So, and definitely subscribe to the podcast, like it, share it with your friends and come back next week for another amazing real estate investor goddesses interview. Bye-bye. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.